0: Hi, this is Annika Fain with Northwest Fish Passage. This is episode seven of the Northwest Fish Passage podcast. We are a small, strategic, collaborative partnership of scientists, planners, and engineers based in Bellingham. Today, I am here with April McEwen, River Restoration Program Manager from American Rivers. Thank you, April, for joining me today.
1: Thank you. I'm super happy to be here and it's dumping rain outside, so I feel nice and cozy inside.
0: (laughs) Yes, me too. So so what motivated you to get involved in habitat restoration and dam removals in the first place?
1: I'll just go back to how it really started um, because I think most careers you kind of grow and it changes throughout its trajectory. But, you know, I grew up on a wild and scenic river called the Chautuga River in the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, It's in the southeast U.S. You know, the river, I was always drawn to the river. It had such a deep, peaceful wisdom, but radiated power, you know, in every way. Um, It was like a friend and a mother to me growing up. Um, But I love being on the river so much. And my neighbors provided me with the opportunity to learn how to kayak. So I was able to become immersed in the river besides the fact it was warm warmer water so you always swam in it and played in it but the rest is really history you know since then i've really followed rivers whether kayaking professionally or realizing i could go back to i remember when i realized i could go back to grad school and major in rivers, like in water resource management. From that, you know, I, I started working as an environmental scientist and from that emerged, you know, sort of this trajectory towards project management and, and basically making projects. I wanted projects to happen that were taken decades or had taken decades. I always asked why? Why does it need to take that long? Why can't we do it faster? And um, that sort of led me to project management and and drove, motivated me to really get involved in river restoration. That's great.
0: And you, how many years have you been
1: with American Rivers? Oh, just over three. I started in July 2017. Um, Yeah, they, I was hired to Manit, so the project, this project, the Middle Fort Nooksack project was eight months behind at that time on our timeline which was already aggressive Um, and they hired me to also lead, basically grow a dam removal program to lead um, dam removal efforts in the Pacific Northwest for the organization as well. Um, My position was funded with funding from the Paul Allen Family Foundation and that was primarily for uh, managing the Middle Fort Nooksack project.
0: Can you tell me about the American River's
1: mission? The mission, it's actually short and sweet and simple. It is to protect and restore rivers. And you know, there's different ways you can do that. So we have different programs. Um, So there's a side that really focuses on conservation and protection and, you know, fighting the policy battles and and doing that work, fighting for wild and scenic recognition, designation um, for rivers and obviously trying to keep harmful things from happening. So there's been a lot of defense, obviously, you know, even the last four years. Um, And then the other side is restoring rivers. So, and the primary way of doing that is uh, by removing dams and also doing floodplain restoration projects, restoring floodplains or keeping them undeveloped. That's it in a nutshell to protect and restore rivers.
0: So I know this year has, has been, this summer, it was a big summer for you with uh, the dam coming down, not only the Nook Tech, but also I believe three in, in Oregon. So I'd love to hear about, hear about your experience with these dam removals.
1: Yeah. It, it's such an understatement of just, uh, it's just like everything happening at one time and you feel like, you know, it's like hard to hold onto your hat, right? Like, just the whole world shaking. It's like continuing on in the middle of an earthquake. You know, <laughs> just stay on the highway. Um, but it was also with everything and so much happening of uh, people. It was nice to be able to just focus on like, okay, this is the culmination of three years of, of work and partner partnering and bringing uh, people together and things together and doing the work, putting in so much you know personal work and work as a team to make it happen. So really, really exciting. So yes, the Middle Fort Nooksack River, which is in near Deming, Washington above Bellingham, which I know your listeners are probably really familiar with. And then there were three small dams in Oregon, the North Fork Clasconine, a lower Bridgepoint Dam in the Rogue Basin, and then Kelly Creek Dam outside of Portland on Johnson Creek. And just really cool. I really love the small projects. Really cool. But um, so I know you're really focused on the Middle Fort Nooksack project. So I I can talk a little bit more about that, uh, focus on that. But yeah, we finished up in water work this past summer. So the dam has been removed, the river channel restored, and fish can now volitionally migrate upstream after over 60 years of not being able to do so. That feels so huge. It feels huge. It's huge for the Nooksack tribe. The project also restored the river to free flowing and created so many community benefits, including the immense, you know, significant cultural benefits to the Nooksack tribe and, and Lummi Nation. Um, it increased the water supply reliability and flexibility for the city of Bellingham. And, um, of course, there's all the fisheries benefits, you know, 16 miles for Chinook, up to 26 for bull trout and Stillhead. And the WIRA 1-2005 Salmon recovery plan was the number one recovery action for that population of Chinook. So really significant increases expected in productivity over time. You know, it takes a while. But I think overall, the project is a great case study for how to increase, you know, the sustainability of how we benefit from the river, while at the same time taking care of it and the wildlife that depend upon it.
0: So can you tell me more about the different partners involved?
1: Yeah, so, so many partners, just every single one was incredibly important. So it's kind of hard, it might take us like 30 minutes to sort of walk down (laughs) the list and say what each one did. Um, I can say the project only happened because of every single partnering organization. Um, And part of that is just letting people you know it's like letting people help and knowing what where strengths are and what people can bring to the table and letting them do that like people want to be part of positive change and i think figuring out a framework and a way to allow that to happen you know don't fight it don't try to control and just be the only organization doing something that was really important on this project you know each person that contributed in some way was so incredibly important to the project you know, of course you have the city of Bellingham, the the dam owner, who's, you know, so supportive of moving forward with the project and willing to provide a project engineer, Steve Day, who I worked with, you know, in partnership um, managing the the project. And, you know, he really was helped with the contract management. The city just really stepped up, I think, big in saying, hey, we want to do what's right for the resource. We also need to do what's right and due diligence to take care of our city of Bellingham residents given future uncertainty. Of course, the the tribes, this would have never happened without the tribe, without, you know, especially the Nooksack tribe, especially staff like Ned Currents and the cultural resources, tribal members who really stepped up and provided just their own time and in-kind help. Um, Ned really helped on the design review team. Private foundations, you know, I would have, no, I wouldn't be here. The project would have never been reinitiated in 2017 if it wasn't for their funding. So them caring enough to personally, you know, invest. And Paul Allen watched the movie Damnation and got super stoked on dam removal. And basically, then we pitched this project for to them for funding and received the funding to then pursue the project and approach the city and the tribes. There's other foundations, and then of course there's the NOAA funding, there's all the funding gap closers that came in, there's the small organizations that provided policy and legislative support, American Whitewater, Long Live the Kings, just, you know, so it's every single group and all the people that contributed to the project were incredibly important.
0: So what was one of the biggest challenges on this particular
1: project? Uh, so many big challenges to overcome. I mean, we're looking, we're talking about a time span between, you know, July 2017. I think I held, there was the first meeting with the city staff, like the kickoff for the project of reinitiating the project was, I think, in August, like early August 2017. The timeline, so just so many big challenges because, and now fast forward to today, 2020, and we just finished in-water work, you know, last month. And remove the dam. So, from early init- project reinitiation to all the way through construction has happened in such a short amount of time. So I'll start back with like our private foundation timeline required the project to be going to construction in 2019, and that was you know, the barriers to getting there seem insurmountable, and many folks were just like, yeah, right, no way, you know, but what a great challenge, I mean, that's why I took the job, I was just like, okay, this is cool, how many challenges like this do you get, how many opportunities like that do you get in your lifetime to, you know, (laughs) well, you could could either say, like, prove people wrong, or just, like, you see how it can be done, and believing in that, and, and going for it, The immediate challenge was to coordinate existing and new potential partners. So there's a lot of people who had participated in efforts before and it hadn't gone anywhere and the project was completely stalled. Um, So really having, you know, instilling confidence in them, having, you know, getting their buy in and their investment back to saying, hey, I want to be a part of this. I believe in this was took a lot of work. Um, And then there's all the new partners and cultivating them and navigating all that to doing all the design and permitting, the technical work beginning with feasibility and alternatives analysis starting in January, 2018. Of course, that work had to be really high quality and completed in time to meet competitive grant funding deadlines. So, you know, a lot of times we think of like, okay, let's start on this project. We have this much money, Let's let's do the engineering, let's do design and permitting and get through that. Well, people then forget about the funding piece. You know, If your funding timelines don't match up with the technical work, nothing, the project could easily just get delayed another, another five years until you make sure alignment happens. So the work had to be high quality and the technical work had to be completed under this aggressive timeline to meet these, to even be able to apply for these grants, right? And then of course, there's the actual ranking of your applications mm-hmm. as a high priority for that funding. And getting the funders to believe in it, so there were so many moving parts. Um, but everything had to run in line and cohesively, you know, like a well-oiled machine that was also agile and ready to adapt to whatever came up. Um, we overcame those challenges, raising over seventeen million dollars in a year and a half. Wow! Um, just incredible. Like, but really, a lot, what really allowed us to succeed was building that life raft of people, those partnerships and really the partners that allowed the project to weather you know the 5 week federal gover- government shutdown in the middle of us trying to secure our federal permits to go to construction as well as this global pandemic and social upheaval i mean we're trying to go to construction and it was like we a pan, you know global pandemic was dropped in our lap so i mean it has been every single step of the way pedal to the metal believe in the outcome Manage the project for the outcome. Don't we will find a way to work through every single barrier, but just commit to the outcome. All of those challenges, though, you know, that's those are the biggest successes, you know, um, as well. So I, I might have covered that next. <laughs> your next question.
0: Oh, that's good. Can you tell me about what monitoring is going to be happening in upcoming months and years?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, it's, the monitoring is challenging, but luckily, you know, the city has stepped up and committed to 10 years of effectiveness monitoring in terms of physical, so really evaluating the physical characteristics of the channel to see how the channel will evolve um, over a 10-year period, so that's that's really big, um, and I worked with um, them on developing that monitoring plan, and then a little bit of funding um, from NOAA, actually, and then and then the city will be responsible for remaining monitoring in, in the following years. The uh, biological effectiveness monitoring, so really important to monitor fish populations. That's really challenging. You know, this is a really challenging site. It's located down a steep gorge um, in a really remote area. Um, it is basically this steep, you know, dangerous river. Um, So if you think about like snorkel surveys to collect your fisheries data, like that's not gonna work here, you know. Um, We can't just do snorkel surveys. So it's really challenging site to do biological monitoring. I actually, so NOAA has stepped up and provided significant funding for this initial effort and our baseline, you know, was where not all species was zero, but for Chinook and, you know, the nadromous species was zero because there really wasn't a way for fish to pass the dam previously. And so I'm actually meeting with the Nooksack Tribe and Lummi Nation to talk about planning and the best uh, approach moving forward. And then, you know, I'll just kind of play the role as, as sort of coordinating that. So, you know, we can get that, that process rolling and get those initial surveys. And so they'll be set up for success for, working with the fishery co-managers and, and managing down the road um, for the long term.
0: So will they have funding to do that for 10 years for the biological or is it just the physical?
1: Yeah, so the city's taking care of the physical and they have that commitment. Um, no, the the biological, you know, the um, there isn't... Uh, you know, I, they have to prepare like escapement estimates for NOAA. So I know that the fishery co-managers, so the Lummi Nation, the, the Nooksack Tribe, and WD, the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, they work together and then, you know, they're able to, you know, usually I think get some funding to support their efforts to estimate escapement, and and I know, I know NOAA is an important partner for them, so I expect NOAA, maybe not in the same grant program as this initial funding, which is the community restoration-based program, but I think, you know, some other NOAA avenues will probably be really essential for getting them the funding for monitoring.
0: What are some of the other projects that you're currently working on or about to start working on?
1: Yeah. You know, I'll talk about the one that's like really close to you um, and Bellingham. So I'm really excited about the Barrel Springs project. Um, I've I've been working with Skagit County on that. Emily Duran, actually, who I think you interviewed recently, we met at a conference and she actually reached out. So that was just kind of cool how it all came together, but it's a small dam and there's two culverts on this private land. It's located on this spring. this freshwater spring called, you know, Barrel Springs and the upper Samish river watershed. So it's a smaller project. We just started, um, we just basically had to have hired a consulting firm to begin the early design uh, work, but um, we still need a lot of funding for that project. But, you know, it's a smaller project and I think these smaller projects are such important ones, you know, they're cheaper, they can be done quickly. um, And they often provide really significant multiple benefits for fishing people as well. Um, This particular project restores cold water spring habitat, improves water quality, and helps all the fish species that live in that that area. But yeah, the project still needs funding for final design implementation. So if there's any potential donors out there listening, (laughs) we want you as a partner. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. Yeah, be sure to put that in the show notes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are you most hopeful about in
1: upcoming years? I I think what I'm most hopeful what gives me hope is that there there is still hope there's a lot of you know the the results of this summer provide hope the fact that there seems to be the whole world is upside down and all these things like like it's almost like hope is this flame that's sort of almost being you know at times feels like it's being stamped out and like we can't we won't be able to rebond or come together to resolve some of these huge challenges facing us but yet like there's a lot of progress and and really cool things happening i see people organizing and being more committed than ever to creating lasting change that gives me hope you know there's a lot of anger in different ways right now but i think if that anger can be turned to empathy and passionate commitment to positive outcomes no matter what the barriers are we mm-hmm. will have a much better future than our current trajectory you know, the time for each person to act and lead courageously with humble yet confident commitment is now. So that gives me hope. I think people are doing that. There's some people doing that.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. So do you have any advice to young professionals who may want to do this as a career?
1: Yes, I do. (laughs) I I do. Um, I am a young, you know, I'm I'm 38. I'm, And I'm a woman, and that is, I'd say, rare in this industry, science and engineering, um, maybe project management, you know, being a leader of these bigger projects. So, you know, my advice was don't be afraid to apply everything you've learned in your life to your job. Um, Don't be afraid to step outside the box someone drew for you or even that your industry drew for you that said, this is how we do something. Um, Draw from other industries and disciplines to come up with innovative solutions and to overcome the biggest barriers. You know, your age and your gender don't matter. You can and should lead. It doesn't matter you're the youngest person in the room or the only woman or the only whoever. It doesn't matter. Um, I think the greatest feats, you know, are achieved by average people that just won't give up and who look at failure as a necessary ingredient of success. So, just got to own it, you know, own own your skills and what you've been given, and um, there is no reward without risk. Thank you. So what else about American
0: Rivers, can you tell me about your goals for the next five to 10 years, in terms of number of dams that you want to remove?
1: Well, I think, you know, I don't want to say what I just said and then turn around and be like, I only see myself for the next, you know, 10 years removing dams. I think we have to stop thinking outside of these really singular approaches. Um, We have to think, you know, if we focus on, is it, is it that we're just removing dams or is it that we created this very resilient, sustainable water supply for the city of Bellingham at the same time, you know, Mm -hmm. is it, it's about all these benefits. So it's about increasing, decreasing how harmful our existing infrastructure is, how harmful the way that we are operating in the world right now and managing resources or, or developing, you know, how are we doing that? Why does it have to be that impactful? And challenging the norm saying, it shouldn't have to be that. We can't allow it to be that impactful and harmful. How are we going to do it better? So. In the next 10 years, I do see, you know, still removing dams and removing harmful infrastructure, but really focusing on the positive. There's so many economic benefits of these projects. They're a win-win, you know, socially, environmentally, economically, and I think getting more people to understand that is a win-win-win and and wanting to participate in that is going to be really essential moving forward. I don't know, I'm personally committed to the outcomes and the results and and not in you know, one one group um, or anything like that. So I think it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world. I just, I want to be able to weather the storms and, and try to do my part to make um, the world a better place. Great. Well, you're
0: doing a great job.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. So
0: you have anything else you want to say to the listeners of this podcast?
1: You know, probably just work kind of positive pet talk right now. I've been I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and um, you know, it's it's right now more than ever, we need each other and community and, and draw from those sources of strength. I think right now we have to keep seeing the silver lining and everything happening. Um, we have to keep looking inside for growth um, so we can encourage that growth around us. So yeah, nothing much. I'm looking forward to, um, I'm t- looking forward to taking a vacation now after three years of <laughs> Fettled in <to> the metal. <laughs> doing some snowboarding and kayaking this winter. So I'm pretty yeah, just hoping to survive the winter like everyone else and hoping 2021 will bring good things.
0: Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. This was really fun. I really appreciate. It. You're a great uh, podcast interviewer. <laughs>
0: I would like to end by expressing my deepest respect and gratitude to the many indigenous peoples and tribal nations in the Salish Sea region for their enduring care and protection of our shared lands and waterways. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please write a review and tell a friend. Thanks and have a great day.